Come on, what's up, everybody? Good morning. Good to see you. Good to be home. Come on, I feel like the ugly boy at the prom. I'm just glad to be here. You know what I'm saying? So, good to see y'all. And uh, look at the person next to you and say, man, he's back. <laughs> and, man, missed you guys. We've been gone the last couple weeks, man, just taking some time, vacation well, making some memories. And so just want to thank you guys for allowing us that opportunity to get away a little bit. And uh, we had a great, great time and, and definitely made some great memories with the kids. And so, but, man, missed you all, that's for sure. And uh, thought about you, prayed, prayed for, uh, man, just over the last few weeks, we're covering you all in prayer. But uh, we know whenever we're gone, uh, this church is always in good hands. We have uh, such a great staff and great pastors and dream teamers that are doing an amazing job. Amen, everybody? And uh, so I'm so appreciative to them and uh, everyone that, uh, man, that allow us that opportunity. So good to be home and uh, glad to be back with you guys. Missed you all a ton. So uh, we have, uh, if you would, grab your message notes. I want you to write something at the top of it. Just find some margin there and just write, um, pray for back to school bash. All right. It's this Saturday down at Weiser Park. And I want to encourage you so much to be a part of that. Um, I, 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 when I got back into the office this week, we had uh, over 100 people that have already signed up. And I said, that's not good enough. All right. We're a church of around 600 plus people. And uh, we need to have more than that. All right. And so um, I know uh, we like to wait to the last minute around here. All right. And so here's what I want to encourage you. Uh, and I, I, I really think by the end of this message today, and I pray that you're going to be real inspired to want to take some steps and, and maybe even need to uh, rearrange maybe your schedule on Saturday. Maybe you weren't planning on it, but I want to challenge you to be there. And this is something, man, our church is doing and leading the way. We've got, I think, the one of the cool things, again, and the opportunities that we have is there's some other churches that are joining with us because we're part of the big C. Everybody say the big C. All right, that was pretty weak. Let's try it again. Pastor Kyle's back. All right. Everybody say the big C. Yeah, it's a little bit better. We'll get there. And, uh, and that's just the church, the, the church as a whole. And so we got some churches that will be with us, uh, some other businesses that are going to be with us as well. And so we're just so honored to help lead the way. But some of these churches have never done outreaches before. And, uh, and so it's exciting for us because we just have the opportunity uh, to just serve with these guys. But they're going to learn from you uh, this Saturday. And I've talked to a few of the leaders, and I'm just they're very, very excited about that. And some of the business guys that we've talked to as well, just excited for uh, some of their organization to come down and just to see what this is all about. And then at the end of the day, right before we give all the backpacks away, and of course it's a full day, got all kinds of stuff happening, you know, the bounce houses, uh, food, uh, you know, just so much face painting, uh, our, our Fort Wayne police, the paramedics, the uh, fire department, I mean, they're all going to be hanging out with us as well. It'll be a great, great day. And uh, But the end of the day, uh, we're going to have an opportunity, man, just to, to throw out the net and uh, give people an opportunity to accept Jesus in their life. And so one of our our own here, uh, Mac Warner, he's actually going to do that and uh, share just some of his story and then give people an opportunity to receive Christ. And then we're going to have a next steps tent that they can go to if they want to plug into a church and, and uh, whether it's riding on our buses or just joining in with uh, one of the inner city churches that we're working with. Man, we want to see get people plugged in. How many know uh, when one church wins, we all win? Amen. We all reap the benefits and we're the body of Christ. So, um, and also one of the things you'll get at this is a free t-shirt. Come on. So everybody will get a t-shirt that, sir, 
deserves, let's go. Who doesn't like a free t-shirt? Let's go, let's swag, let's swag. All right, and so you'll get a free t-shirt. And, um, and so I want to encourage you. And if you have that shirt already, make sure you wear it this Saturday. And uh, we'll all be in uniform looking, looking good together, all right? I want to say this last thing is um, <clears throat> we've had, I know you guys prayed for our students last Sunday when we weren't here, but um, our students have been at Motion Student Conference down in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, nothing like 20,000 or so students packing out an arena for Jesus. It is, uh, it is the largest student conference in the nation, and, uh, and I'm so excited that our students have been down there, our, our, our student pastors, Pastor Kyle and Anna and all of our leaders who have helped to be there, and I just want to report to you, man, they have seen just a move of God in their lives, and some of you parents that are in here, I just want you to know, man, I'm just, we have been praying so much, honestly, months for this for them, and that their lives will never again be the same, and so we just know uh, God has deposited so much within their lives, and and that seed that it's been sown, that, uh, man, that the enemy is not going to come and take that away, but that God is doing a flourishing work in their life, amen, and uh, and I think what was so cool last night, right before I was getting ready to go to bed, I went on uh, social media, and if you don't follow the church or our students on there, you can, it's just Elevate City Church or Elevate City Students, and um, man, they were kind of, they were in what I would call the overflow of the conference, and so when you've been impacted so much, it's just kind of the overflow, you just can't contain it, and man, I just want you guys to know, it was student-led, this was so cool, um, there happened to be this baby grand piano in the lobby of the hotel, come on, it's a set up, right, and our students gather around, and they just started worshiping God right there in the lobby, got everybody's attention, the hotel staff was cool with it, and uh, even other on onlookers as well that were a part of that, and just right there in the hotel lobby, come on somebody, God did something in their heart, and man, our pastors and leaders joined right in there with them, come on, who says you can't worship God right in a hotel, you can worship God wherever you at, it doesn't have to be right here, it can be in your car, it can be at home, it can be in a hotel lobby, and, uh, and so I'm just telling you what is happening in this student ministry is about to explode, we have doubled, near tripled uh, over the summer in attendance with our students, they're launching their services this fall, and uh, I'm just telling you, it is, it, it, I'm telling you, the future is them. And I just believe this. I'm so passionate about the next generation. You know, when God called me, he called me at nine years of age. And for some people, that seems like a crazy thing. But how many know God is not a respecter of person? God is not a respecter of age. And we just know that God can do anything with anybody who will just make themselves available to his work. Amen? And so that's what he's doing. And so that's why you've got to have your kids in environments like that. And uh, we'll have more opportunities and stuff like that. But make sure they're a part of, of our, our student small group. And when our motion services start, make sure they're there. And our kids' ministry as well. I'm telling you, parents, one of the greatest things that we can do is make sure that our kids are in environments like that where they can grow in their faith and grow in godliness in Jesus' name. And, and guess what, mom and dad? You know, I, I had parents a few years ago, had, had them in my office with me, and they were talking about, you know, um, the struggle with, with one of their teenagers. And, and I said, well, I think one of the struggles is, is I never see them in church. And they just looked at me and said, well, we don't want to force them to church. I said, until they're 18, you're called to thank for them. 
And I said, you may think that's harsh, but that's wisdom. And I said, and so help them navigate their future. They don't know, all right? And so that's where getting them in environments like that, well, they'll want the, the things of God. And I even remember as a teenage boy having those dysfunctional attitudes, not wanting to get up and go to church. But thank God for my mother who woke me up and would say, William, Kyle, you are coming to church with me with your attitude or not, but you come into church with me. And I would sit way in the back and with my attitude the size of Texas and just be grumpy. But in the midst of that, guess what? The Spirit of God is still in me. And whether I knew it or not, God was still working in me and through me, even in those attitude type moments. So parents, be encouraged, but just know, man, you and I are responsible to help to, to navigate our kids' life until they're that age. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's get right into this message, and we're uh, rolling up uh, just the series in such a powerful way. I think today that um, Pastor Kyle and Anna did just a, didn't they do a great job over the last few weeks? Amen. Just so so good. I got to check out the messages the other day, and uh, just did a great job. And honestly, this is really even kind of setting us up to prepare for Saturday as well. But Matthew chapter twenty-eight, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you, go out and train everyone you meet. Everybody shout, go. go. Come on, shout it again. Everybody shout, go. go. And train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Important to always remember, baptism doesn't save you. It, it just shows that you've already been saved, all right? And so it's an outward expression of your faith. And it says, and then instruct them in the practice of all that I've commanded you, and I will be with you as, as you do this day after day after day right up to the end of the age. And so one of the things I just want to remind us as we just kind of close up uh, from, you know, this, this summer series, and we've had all kinds of different messages uh, in this series, but today is continually reminding us that the mission is the focus, that Jesus gave this what's called the Great Commission, and it's a responsibility that God has given us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to tell everyone of the good news of Jesus. Amen? And so it's important for us to know that that wasn't a suggestion, that that was a commandment that Jesus gave. Us, that we have the responsibility to go. Everybody shout go one more time. Go. All right. And so here's what I know that you, that you are, you and I are never closer to the will of God for our life than when we are making a difference in the lives of other people. And it's the honor that we get to serve and to impact. And, you know, this Saturday when we get to serve 250 uh, of our inner city kids and, and bless them and serve them food and do all those different things, man, it's, it's an honor that we get to serve. And it should be an attitude that we have that we get to serve, not something that we have to do, but that we get to. And, and if we have an I have to kind of attitude, it's, a, it's, it's time for a heart checkup, all right? And so it's important that we have the heart of God because this is the mission that he's placed within us to do. And so I want to give you a couple things that I put in your notes this week that I think is important because you can have great vision, but if you have no action to those vision, uh, it's just really just wasting your time. And so I'd say it this way, that vision without action is merely a dream. I've been, uh, you know, I've spoken in other churches, uh, even uh, business organizations just throughout my time in ministry. And there's some churches and organizations that they have great vision, uh, but they have no action to the vision. So really, uh, it's just continually becoming a dream. And then you could say it this way, the action without vision is wasting your time. 
And so um, I've seen churches and I've even uh, counseled churches, consulted with churches before that, man, they're doing a lot of good things, but it's a lot of good things that's really taking you where. So we have to have clarity of vision, understanding of where uh, we are and where we're going. That's why I love what our church is about, that we're a church that exists for the unchurched and to awaken the spiritually restless, to lead people to love God and to love each other. And so the how we do that is on our wall right there. Every time that you come in on a, on a weekday, on a Sunday, that taking people through the journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. So we just make it simple. Let's make it simple in that. And then vision with, with action, though, can change your life. And I pray that every single one of us finds vision for our life personally. So our church has vision. We know where we're going. But that you discover the giftings and the calling of God within your life so that you know where you're going. I want to share a few scriptures out of James 2 this morning to look at really just the importance of how how action really does mean a lot to the heart of God, that we just don't sit on our salvation and, and do anything and not do anything with it. The Bible says this, that what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, <clears throat> excuse me, but don't show it by your actions. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. All right, notice that, underline that if you're following along. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So James is in a place that he was re reminding us that faith with no action is dead. <clears throat> that we must have some action put to our steps. So that's what we're talking today. We want to be a church, and we've always dreamed of being a church that is a church of taking ground for Jesus, that this city belongs to God. Can you say amen today? And then in verse 19, it goes on to say that you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Look at this. I sense a little, almost a little sarcasm by James here. He said, good for you. <laughs> he said, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, it was his faith and his actions, I like this, that worked together. His actions, check this out, made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as Scripture says, Abraham believed God and, it, and God counted him as righteous because of his Faith. So Abraham is the perfect example of taking action in his pursuit with God. That not only did he profess to know God and, 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 and understand that God was the most important thing in his life, but he also proved it by living out the call and living out the gifts that God placed in him that he's going to live and make uh, an impact for the glory of God. So here's a few things I want to give you today that I think this is important. First of all is understanding faith without works is talk with no walk. How many have ever heard the expression that talk is cheap? Ever heard that? And how many believe that? How many believe that? All right. And so uh, that your walk should be matching your words. Come on, somebody. And that you and I, guess what, for where we're working at or our neighborhood or wherever we may be at, guess what, for many people, you're the only Bible that they will ever read. 
And so it should help to stimulate within us a constant reminder that, man, I'm an ambassador no matter where I go, whether it's at the grocery store, at the restaurant, uh, when I'm driving, mm, come on somebody, you know, and, and how we act and all those things. And we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got to remember that's not just for Sundays. Preach it, pastor. Come on. All right, not just for Sundays, but all through the week as well, amen, that we are called to live this calling out every day of the week. And so it's so important that we understand that, man, we want to be a people uh, who, that, that our, 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 our words match our walk and our walk matches our words and that we're, that we're not saying one thing than doing another thing, amen? The Bible says this in Matthew 21, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. He said, I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. And then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. So in other words, this is the parable about these two sons, that the father was not interested in lip service. What he was focused on was taking action. What he was focused on was taking some steps and living out the faith and living out the salvation of what God has done. I love something that Helen Keller said. Check this out, she said this, she said, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I still can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. I think that's so good. And so it's a reminder for us that every single one of us, guess what, you're a 10 at something, you're great at something, and that God has not just called us to sit. You know, here's the reality. The reality is this, is that there will be people that are saved and know Jesus and just kind of get into heaven and just kind of get in. But I just don't want to just uh, get in. Man, I want to kind of, when the, when the gates open, I'm like, man, just let me go. You know what I mean? Like, what's up? Come on. You know, I want it to be a party, not just kind of scooting on in. Because there's two questions you and I are going to be asked when we get there. The first one is, what did you do with his son, with the son? What did you do with Jesus? And then what did you do with what I gave you? And I want to be able to look at God whenever that time is. And, and I hope this is your heart for whenever it is that you stand before God that says, man, God, I gave my life to you. I gave my life serving and making a difference with my life and, and being active and not just talking about it. Because I don't want to just get to heaven. Is there anybody who understands what I'm preaching today, all right? I just don't want to barely make it, all right, and, uh, and, and just scoot on in. But, man, I want to be able to bust through those gates and say, man, I'm home. And, and get to be able to go before the Father and say, Lord, this is what we were able to, what I was able to do with the life that you gave me, all right? Faith without works is belief with no relationship. James, in, in this scripture that we saw in James 2, challenged the people who, ha, who said that I have faith and others have works. He even noted the fact, if you remember a moment ago, he said even the demons believe in God. But God wants far more for us than just to believe that he's real. He wants an active relationship. He wants a pursuit because he never stops pursuing you. So we should never stop pursuing him. Next week, I'm like, we're starting a new series that, uh, man, the Lord just honestly has really put this on my heart even stronger when I was on vacation and talking about passion. I think it's interesting that you and I can go throughout life and we can easily become more passionless. 
and, um, and therefore we just lose that zeal. Paul told Timothy, you've got to fan the flame on the inside of you, that we're always not going to live on mountaintop times, but in those low moments, you and I have to learn how to fan the flame. In other words, what's that mean? You've got to know how to stir yourself up in the faith of God. And I'm going to be talking about that over the next few weeks in this series. And I'm just telling you, you do not want to miss it. I'm fired up for that series. It's going to be really good for us. And so uh, Matthew 7, Jesus said this, that many will say to me on that day that, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And again, what God is interested in is not for you and I to know about him, but for you and I to know him, to be in love with him, and to be in full pursuit with him, not just through Sundays, but come on, Monday through Saturday as well. Are you with me? Amen? Faith without works is faith with no action. Acts 26, verse 20, it says this, that I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. Can I tell you, there is far more to Christianity than just being at church on Sunday. And being at church at Sunday is incredibly important. I can't think of a better way to begin my week than to being in his house and giving and dedicating my week to him. Amen, church? There's a call that God has given to each of us to live out this relationship. Now, I've heard people make different comments throughout the years, and I've heard them personally. And uh, some is, well, I, you know, serving's just not my thing. Man, I missed that one in the Bible. You know, Jesus said, I didn't be come to be served, I came to serve. And, uh, and so I must have missed that one in Bible school, all right? And, uh, and then, or another one, well, I, you know, pastor, I just, I'm not real good with people. People's just not my thing. Well, can I tell you, uh, newsflash, heaven is all about relationships, all about people. So, which is why I think we better get used to it right here on this earth. And for those that would say, man, you know, I just don't care for people and I'm an introvert and all those things, I'm, I'm encouraging you to bust out of that shell in Jesus' name that God has put some things in you that people need from you. And, and I'm telling you, you've got a call in your life that only you can reach. You've got a destiny on your life that only you can fulfill. And God needs you. And I'm telling you, but you need him. And so it's not a people problem that we have. If we're in a place that we say, man, I don't want to be around people. I just back to school bash thing. You know, I don't know about, man, what are they going to have me do and all that? Yeah, just relax, all right? Because listen, if we get so full of that, it's not a people problem that you have. It's a heart problem. And then we've got to begin to really look in the mirror and say, man, what, what is it within me that I don't want to reach people? All right? And so we've got to allow God to then deal with our heart. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, in 1 Corinthians 4.20. I'd love for you to read this with me. Everybody read this with me. Come on. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. All right. Now read it like you attend Elevate City Church. All right? Come on. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. All right. It's, it's not a, a matter of talk but of power. I don't know about you, but man, I am hungry and becoming more desperate and desperate to see the power of God manifested and moved in the lives of people, my life, my family, and anybody that we come in contact to see God move in this great city for his glory. Can somebody shout amen today? And so it's not a matter of talk, but of power. Then Proverbs 3 says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand, I love this, is God's hand for that person. And what a responsibility. Everywhere that you and I go, that your hand is God's hand for that person. The person you may see today at the grocery or at the restaurant, guess what? You're God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them today. 
Again, we prove our relationship with Jesus is the real deal. When we live this out, not just here, when we live it out outside of these four walls. Let me say it this way, that, man, I love my wife. And, uh, and I could talk to her every day, tell her I love her, uh, even send her texts. But how many of you know, if I never go home and I never wear my wedding ring and I never help with the kids and I never take her out on dates and I never buy her flowers, any of those things, how many of you know there's not much uh, to prove that my marriage is real with her? All right? And so, in other words, but because I do love my wife, I want to do all those things and more. And the same should be in our relationship with God, that we're in such a relationship with him that we don't want to just keep this on the inside of us, but we want to take what God has given us and, man, flood this city with the love of Jesus Christ. And, and here's the thing that, that the, the opposition oftentimes, it's not even our own personalities, it's our inconvenience that we don't want. We're in a very Americanized culture that uh, we don't like a lot of change. And I just think you and I have to adopt the gift of inconvenience. And to know that, man, if we're going to make a difference and we're going to reach people for his glory, guess what? We've got to be willing to be inconvenienced. And I'm even encouraging you today. Maybe you haven't signed up to be at the Back to School Bash. And if you've never been a part of an outreach like this, I'm telling you, it'll do something in your life. We've had so many people that, uh, we, we've done this years ago, we took some time off of it, and so many of our people have just been so jazzed about getting back out there and serving these kids, serving these families, because that's the way the church should look, and we should be about reaching our city and getting up out of the four walls. Somebody say amen. And so I'm encouraging you, and even if, listen, maybe you're physically not able to do much, that's fine. We have tents that'll be there that you can grab a chair, all right, and just pray. Everybody can do something. That's what Helen Keller was saying in that statement, that every one of us can do something. You can contribute. Man, I don't want to just be a consumer all my life. I want to contribute. Come on, somebody. All right? And so that's God's heart for us. And so we express our love to him by what we do. Check out what St. Francis said. Such a great statement here. He said this, go from here and preach the gospel. Use words if you must. I mean, no, that's good. That's good preaching. Amen? James chapter 2, back in, back in this chapter here, verse 24, it says, So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions. When she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. We want to be a church of action, a church that's, come on, advancing and taking ground, moving the ball down the field. Come on, amen? Acts chapter 2 says this, that that's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, the disciples spoke out with bold urgency, fellow Jews, all of you, uh, who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk as some of you su suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. That in the last days, everybody say, we're living in the last days. Yeah, we are. God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy. Also your daughters, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And when the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on all those who serve me. Listen, if you have not had a God encounter, a God experience in your life, there is nothing like when God pours out his spirit on his people. And I pray that every one of us in this room has a God moment, has an experience with God, 
And, and even if you had, guess what? God's not, uh, he's not tamed to just what he did yesterday. We serve the God of the new. And there's more to your life. There's more to what's ahead of you than what you've currently experienced. But I pray that you and I come to a place, and that's really some of what I'm getting into over the next few weeks with passion, that there would be a hunger in your life for the things of God, unlike maybe you've never had. I pray that these students that come back in Jesus' name, would God would use them in such a way in this church to stir us up in a greater desperation like never before. And guess what? God can use them. And absolutely. And, and, and to change a generation, it's going to take the power of God. It's going to take his working, moving in our life, and not just talking about it. And, I, and I'm not interested in talking about, man, you remember some of the great moves of God we used to have. No, I'm believing my, the greatest moves of God are yet to happen, are right in front of us in Jesus' name. Is anybody else desperate or is just me today? I just, am I just talking to myself? Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen? And so may we be a people that are crying out that are desperate for the things of God, that we're not satisfied with where we're at today, but man, there's something within us that says, man, God, I want more of you. I'm desperate for you. I, I can't, it's not, Sundays are not enough, God. I need you tomorrow when I wake up. I need you on Tuesday and on Wednesday, Thursday and the rest of the week. And I'm just saying, man, may we have that boldness. So here's some things that we need to be reminded of in taking action. And this is what it does. I'm telling you, when you take action, here's some things it's going to produce in you. First of all, it's going to stimulate accountability to your life. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here's what accountability does. This is why it's so healthy. You need people that love God as much as you do in your life. I've said it, I'll say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it again. That you need people in your life that are not impressed by you, but that are honest with you. If you are the only one that knows your secrets, I'm telling you, you are in a dangerous red flags are waving today place. That's why I love our small groups. I love the relationships and the friendships that come out of it because it's healthy and it's part of the plan of God. Every one of us need to be doing life together with people, not doing life alone. But it places a healthy demand on you and I to grow. That's why I love the other part about small groups, man. And when we haven't seen someone, we can look after them. Man, missed you, man. Just making sure everything's going well. And, and just wanted to make sure, man, is there anything you need? Anything I can be praying for? Proverbs 12 says this, the righteous choose their friends carefully. So in other words, we're going to meet people by chance, but we deepen our relationships by choice. All right, it's, it's up to you. And the way of the wicked leads them astray. 1 Corinthians 15, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Listen, again, you have, got, you have got to have those people in your life. You know, for Bethany and I both, we've got men and women in our life, man, that check in on our marriage, that check in and just in our spiritual, man, just how are we doing? And you need that. And then guess what? If there's correction that comes, receive it. Don't buck against it. See, we get real excited about grace and truth and love, and we should. But for some reason, when it comes to corrective moments, we just want to put a hand to it. I'm telling you, it's those times and seasons of correction that are meant to help grow you and develop you. But the more we buck against those moments of correction to our life and we get mad, well, they don't see this in me. and the other, Man, shut up, all right? Seriously with that stuff. Man, let's, let's just receive because if it's somebody that truly is for me and loves me, they're going to call out not only the good but also help to call out the blind spots in my life. Because every single one of us have blind spots. And if you don't have somebody to see the blind spots, you're going to get blindsided. And it's going to hurt. So we need those kind of people that's going to help us to steer us forward in a healthy direction and not get offended. 
Not get offended when they lovingly say, hey, what's up with that? Like, why'd you say that? Or we ain't going to talk about them, you know? And you know what they're doing is helping you grow. It's helping you to become more like God. Not that they're better than you, but they're a relationship in your life that God has sent in your path. And then there would be the person that would say, well, man, I'm just struggling relationships. And that's a reality for some. That would say, man, pastor, I've just been there, done that. I don't think I can trust anybody anymore. But the dangerous place about becoming in that place as well is you saying no to the great relationships that God may be trying to get to you. So don't allow the devil to get you in an isolated place and trying to scare you or, or, or get you to believe that, man, there are better things ahead of your life. No, I'm telling you, if you will stay teachable, if you will stay applicable, man, God will promote you. God can promote healthiness, all right, and he will, but you've just got to keep your heart right. Uh, John Christ, one of my favorite comedians, anybody know John Christ? He's got, he's got a new rap song that's been out called Check Your Heart. Come on, somebody. All right, he's got it right, all right? So we just got to check our hearts sometimes, okay? All right, so here's what I know, all right? When your core is following Christ, the roots of your life will go deep. And when your roots go strong and deep in Christ, man, your reach can go wider. There's nothing that, that will be impossible. That's why you got to surround yourself with right people. You can go into a dark world and let your light shine brighter. But if your core is made up with wrong people and you've got wrong voices in your life telling you uh, negative things and are pouring gossip and sin in your life, I'm telling you, your roots are not deep enough to go into the world and be light. And that's why some people get their spiritual butts spanked because they think they're ready and they're not. You've got to get yourself surrounded with right people that love God but love you as well, that who will be honest with you to push you forward in Jesus' name. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's not just a cute saying to put on Facebook today. I'm telling you, it's a reality. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Everybody say, core strong, roots deep, reach wide. Come on, everybody, say it with me again. Core strong, roots deep, reach wide. And man, Jesus is the perfect example of this. Jesus loved every single person unconditionally, but he did not treat everyone equally. So what do you mean by that? Think about it. He chose 12 disciples. And if you read your Bibles, you'll see that he spent most of his time with three of them, continuing to grow and help develop them. He, he loved them equally, but he did not treat them equally. He loved the, the, the Pharisees, but guess what he did? Kept them at an arm's distance, all right? And there's some people you better keep at an arm's distance, all right? Because, listen, you can't live the right life with the wrong friends, all right? It's important for us to know and to, and, to, and to be aware of that. So let me say it this way. If your friends are robbing banks today and they're high-ranking uh, you know, officials in organized crime and they're cooking meth in their kitchen and selling it to sixth graders, it's probably time to find some new friends. Amen, amen Pastor. Amen. Yes, amen. All right? But here's the deal. I realize it's probably not the reality for most people. All right? But here's the truth. Friends don't let friends walk away from God. Amen. Amen. Friends don't let friends walk away from God. And so I want to encourage you, if you see negativity and you see toxicity within your relationships and friendships, it may be time to redefine relationships and friendships in your life, all right? Here's the second thing action does. As you pursue and you take action in your life, it encourages responsibility. I love this. Because every one of us have been given the responsibility of taking the gospel wherever we go. Sometimes it might be uh, on an outreach like what we get to do together, but, but for some, it's right there in your workplace. It's people that you see every day. For some, it may be right there in your own home. It might be a neighbor. 
And so like it or not, every single one of you have incredible influence in your life, all right? And we need to take responsibility and make the most of that opportunity that God has given us. And, and, and you know, and there's opportunities. I was sharing uh, with someone the other day, I said, you know, for when you think about the scope of your week, think about it this way. There's no greater day that we get to make an eternal impact like what we get to do on a Sunday. Because of everybody, man, that comes and guests that come, people that don't know God, it happens every week in this church. And so as you serve and you're a part of that, guess what? You're making an eternal difference in the lives of people. For the person who is in the parking lot today, to the person who's teaching kids, to the person who's singing on stage, to the person who's praying with people down here, every single person, every single part of these dream teamers that are serving, guess what they're doing? They're paving the way for people to come and experience Christ in their life, and we couldn't do it without them. Thank God for the dream team. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Thank God for all of our dream teamers that serve. And so that's where action, though, it, it, it does. It, it, it encourages responsibility. Then it actually, here's the other thing it does. It cult, cultivates longevity. How many want to be in this for the long haul? Yeah, and want to be used and make an impact. Second Timothy says this, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. Man, I've kept the faith. Doing things for God and taking those action steps set you and I up for finishing the race. And so taking action, the other thing that it does, I was talking to our interns about this this, this past week. They graduated and, and so proud of all these guys. And one word I talked about, because this is one word that many struggle with, and that's consistency. Because whatever you're consistent in, you'll grow in. If you're consistent with God, guess what? You're going to grow in your faith in God. But if we are just back and forth, back and forth, and that's kind of how things are going, or how, how they will go. And so, you know, that's one of the things right now as our students are heading back after services down there today. That's one of the messages our pastors and our leaders are going to be talking to them about on the way home. is how to keep the fire lit. Come on. How to keep it lit. How to continue to fan the flame of what God has done. And for some of us, I just really believe today and over the next few weeks that what you've been believing for and even waiting on is, is a passion in your life to be renewed like never before. It, and that, that, that it's not just coming to church, but man, it's coming to encounter God. That God renews the passion, renews the passion for his word, renews the passion for, uh, for prayer, renews the passion for reaching people. Are you with me today? That we need that in our life. And so... There is a place of consistency that you and I can have with God, and it doesn't have to feel like Cedar Point all the time, all right? And, and, and you all know what I'm talking about, all right, with the roller coasters. And so it doesn't have to be up, up and down. There can be consistency, and we're going to talk about that. And then here's the final thing that I want to give you today, and that is that action expands possibility. Ephesians 3 says this, says that God can do anything. Would you say that with me? God can do anything. Say it one more time. God can do. Here's the question I want to ask you. And I really felt to ask you this today before we leave. Do you believe with everything within you? This is a very important question between you and God. This not, has nothing to do with me and you. But do you believe that your God can really do anything? Do you believe that he can do anything? And I pray and I hope that you do. Because God wants us as his people to believe in such a way that he can do anything. I had a man years ago, older man came to me one day after I was preaching somewhere and we were talking about the power of prayer and just how prayer is important to your life. And he said, he said, you know, I'm a praying man, but I don't pray like I used to. I said, what? 
I said, what, what do you mean by that? He said, well, he said, you know, he said, life experience has taught me a lot of the things I used to pray for, those big things. Ah, it's just not really a reality. I thought, well, thank you, brother, encouragement. So glad we got to talk today. And, I, and he continued, he said, yeah, you know, I've just, I've just, you know, I'm older, you know, now. And he said, I just, yeah. Just kind of, he said, but I love God with all my heart. And, you know, my heart really broke for this man. Because I thought, Lord, I never want to get to a place where I'm stale. Where I'm not believing for you, for big things. And if, I'm, if I find myself in a place today where I'm not praying big, I'm not believing for God to move in my family and my wife and my kids and my job and whatever it is that I'm doing, Lord, would you come and sit on me and just rest your presence, grab a hold of my life and my heart and awaken me. And I believe what God wants to do with some is just awaken us to the realness of his power and his presence again. To know that it's not, it's not, it's, it's not a yesterday thing. That God is moving, he's alive, he's a well, well today, and he's moving in us. But we've got to believe that God can do anything. I don't, and here's one thing, and I'll continue to trumpet this till the day I'm gone or Jesus comes back, one of the two. Is I do not want to serve a God who's reduced to the size of my brain. Because I face things in my life and you face things in your life where, guess what? Going to the textbook's not always going to fix it. But when you have a power encounter like I know I did 10 years ago when I was on my deathbed and all the medical staff said death was imminent. It was going to happen. Prepare your wife. Prepare your family. But all of a sudden, God stepped in and said, nope, not done with him yet. I'm going to do a miracle in his body and wake him up. I'm thankful today that I was surrounded surrounded by people that believes God can do anything. You've got to fan the flame today. You've got to believe that he can. And may we be in a place that if we don't today, that we surrender our heart and whatever situation or experiences that have limited God in your life, that wall, that those walls today would continue to crumble in your life so that you and I can experience his fullness. We have yet to experience a true revival in this nation, in this city, but it will only happen, hear me church, by those who believe that God can do anything. God is not limited. His hand is not too short. God can do anything he wants, but he wants you and I to be caught up in the midst of what he's doing. Man, I'm preaching today, and I'm just telling you, and I believe through the month of August and this fall coming up, God's getting ready to do some incredible things, but I push on you to expect more, to believe God more. And whatever has happened, Come on, let's shut the door and let's believe that God can. Come on, let's link arms together. There's people in this church right now that need miracles in their life. They need people who will come alongside and believe that God can do anything. I've been bedside with a few of them over the last few weeks. Guess what they need? Miracle in their body. What they don't need is, well, I hope you make it. No, what they need is say, man, we're going to believe God. We're going to trust in his written word and what he said. And that what he said he would do will come to pass in Jesus' name. And that's the stance 
The posture that we have is the posture of faith and knowing that God can. And as we continue to take steps and action steps, I'm telling you, blessing and things will begin to happen unlike anything you and I could ever imagine in our life. But you and I have got to give him the opportunity and we got to take some steps in Jesus' name. He can do anything far more than you could ever imagine, guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. Holy Spirit's always a gentleman. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Last verse I want to give you, Daniel eleven thirty two, 32, says this, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. May we be a people who know our God and take action. Amen, everybody. Let me pray for you. Bow your head right where you're at, if you would, please. God, we right here in this moment, God, I just know that, Holy Spirit, you are here and you are ministering and you are encouraging, but you are also challenging us. You are calling us higher for a reason. God, you are wanting to take us places that we've never been. And so, God, I'm just asking you today, has nothing to do with what Kyle Mills is saying up here, has everything to do with what your word says. And, God, that we would just come totally captivated by your word and your heart for us. And, God, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. That would we be that we would be examples and ambassadors. And I pray that as your people right here at Elevate City, every person that calls this church home, that we will be a people believing that God can do anything. And we believe it, and then also God that we're going to walk it out. That we're going to be a people that walks our faith out in Jesus name. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to know him. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, but raise it bold. Man, don't be ashamed of that. It's an incredible decision. Maybe even you drifted away from God and you realize today, man, you need to come back into a relationship with God and get things strong again. If that's you on the count of three, slip up your hand. Come on, one, two, three, real high. Come on, says Pastor, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Who else? Who else? Yeah, got you guys. Awesome, awesome. All right, you can put your hands down. Proud of you guys, proud of you. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I just want you to pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past. I invite you in my heart today to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.